Welcome to Firm Foundation. In these times of shifting standards and faulty foundations, there is a solid place on which to build a victorious life. And that place is the Firm Foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Your host for Firm Foundation is Brian Hudson, a Bible teacher, pastor, author, and producer of Life Enriching Media. We're into a new series today we've called Leverage, Importing and Exporting Breakthrough. See, Lord, thank you. You've given me leverage to import and export breakthrough. Now, I'm going to do a brief review, but trust you'll get to the uh, go to the podcast, church website, YouTube channel and catch up if you missed last week's teaching. I want to go today and give you a bit of review. Our theme scripture is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And we'll define the word leverage here in a moment. But this scripture speaks of what leverage looks like. The Apostle Paul wrote, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let's just confess this. Sometimes you say things in confession form. It's kind of better for you. So say this. Say, Lord, thank you. You're able to make all grace abound to me. That I can have all sufficiency in all things at all times. I have an abundance for every good work. Amen. Grace, he gives all sufficiency in all things at all times that we may abound in every good work. It's almost like if you start with the last part first, that is, if you purpose to do a good work, then you'll find you'll find that at all times, in all things, you'll be sufficient because grace will abound to you. Right. And this grace makes all these good things happen. Amen. Say grace makes all these good things happen. It couldn't be us. It couldn't be us in ourselves. Now, obviously, we obey God. We we follow him. But ultimately, it's God who gives us the power to do anything worthy of the grace of God, worthy of, of the benefits of living in his kingdom. So leverage is about the grace of God. Now, next scripture or next point I'll make is this. A key point is this. God provides what we need to import to produce breakthrough in our lives. God also gives us grace to export breakthrough for others. We cannot give what we don't have. Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. Don't don't miss that. If you purpose to be a sower, God gives seed to you. He doesn't give seed to people who don't sow. If you are a sower, God gives seed to sow. And so that that's the way it works. So when you're a giver, you're generous and you, you, you're a tither and giver um, and you, you, know, you support uh, others and help others. As we all do. And as a church, then God gives seed to the sower, knowing that if God bless you, he know what you're going to do with it. He know what you're going to do with the blessings God gives you, whether it's your salary, whether it's benefits and gifts. 
grace. God knows what you're going to do with, with what he gives you. And so that so you import for your own breakthrough. And then you also have the grace to export for others in their breakthrough. All right. Leverage. What is leverage? Well, first of all, it's the action of a lever. Um, Teeter totter is a good example. There's a fulcrum in the middle, fulcrum, two people there go back and forth. And so that's a lever, mechanical lever. We know that you can take, if you have a, a stone to move, big stone to move, you can get a, a big pole and get a rock under it. And you can move that iron pole and, and, and lift that rock. You could never lift it on your own. But with leverage, you can lift that heavy stone. And to me, it speaks of the fact that when we are balanced in the kingdom of God, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's the fulcrum. And when you have that, you're leveraged, you're balanced in life. We've all lived life out of balance. Well, I have. I can't speak for you. And being out of balance is not good. I mean, being out, being out of God's order, being out of order. You know, imagine if that that fulcrum was too far one direction. The one person on the end could never lift the other person up because the leverage is not correct. All right. Number two, leverage is to use something you already have in order to achieve something new or better. So what you already have, your education, your skills, we all have something, lots of things that we then can use to achieve something new or make something better. So, for example, if you have you have undergrad degree and you want to go into some other like nursing or counseling requires a master's degree. Well, the bachelor's degree gives you leverage to go for the master's degree. Right. Or whatever it is in your life and career, they're called prerequisite, something you already have. If you use it, if you use it, you'll be able to achieve something new or better. Make sense. Number three, power to influence people and to get the results that you want. Number four, in finance, the act of a leveraged buyout. It's when um, people borrow money to buy a company, a company that's growing, uh, has prospect of return on investment. And so a leveraged buyout, you borrow money to buy the company because you can pay it back with the growth of the company. That's a leveraged buyout thing. Number five is the power to influence results. And number six, this is somewhat interesting, a little bit troubling. It is in leverage in transactional relationships. The old saying is it is not what you know, it is who you know. Others say it is not who you know, but who knows you. And that's true, too. In the world system, that's true. But the part of it that's troubling to me, I learned this. This is common knowledge. I just learned about it last week, actually. But utility leverage is well known. It is using relationships to get things done. Sounds OK on the surface, but it asks the question, how can I use you to get things that I want? It's in the, that's how the world works. You know, that's the purpose of our jobs. They use you to get what they want. Income, customer service, whatever. So it's not bad. Uh, it's not wrong. It's just the way of the world. It's called utility leverage. Then there is something called value leverage. 
Using relationships to increase your value in the eyes of others. It asks the question, how can you make me look good? <laughs> We've all been on the receiving end of utility leverage, value leverage. It's the way of the world. It's not wrong, it's just the way it is. But in the kingdom, we don't operate that way. So in the kingdom, well, let me give you the problem with this, with this leverage, with this utility leverage, value leverage. The problem is this. If one cannot provide utility or value, there is no relationship. Sometimes people have no use for people, so they are cast aside or ignored. There are people in our circles who can offer us nothing. That's not their purpose in our lives, to offer stuff. Amen? That we're supposed to love each other. Didn't Jesus love us? All right, here's a, here, here's a test. What do you have that Jesus needs? Give me a long list. Get a short list? Any list? <laughs> Jesus didn't choose us because we offered him utility and value. No, he loved us. And we needed him. And he needs us for his purposes. So again, in the world, we don't get upset about things. Just know what you're dealing with in the world. Know why things happen sometimes. Don't be surprised. This is the way it is. But in the kingdom, it's different. So here it is. So what we need is what I'll call something called kingdom leverage. Say kingdom leverage. That's our topic today. Again, kingdom leverage. Now, leverage is the overall series, but kingdom leverage is specific to today's topic. So it begins with this relationships rooted in Christ and not based on personal advantage. Say that. Say relationships. Rooted in Christ, not based on personal advantage. OK. And it asks the question, not what I can get you to do for me or make me look good. It asks the question, how are you doing? How are you doing? How may I serve you? That's what kingdom leverage begins with. Love. What can I do for you? How may I serve you? How are you doing? That's a whole different paradigm, isn't it? You know, sometimes you go into, uh, I'm a Starbucks customer. I go in there, you know, get my coffee, get some work done. And invariably, people say, well, how are you doing? How's your day going? I say, fine, great. Now, that's a, they, you know, they're trying to say hello. Because if I got in, now, I go in some days, like, it's a whole lot going on. It's been a bad day. How are you doing? Where you, how much time? Let's talk about this now. Hold on now. I got, okay, this happened. And that happened. The other happened. They're like, oh, oh, stop. I don't want to hear that. So, you know, people don't, don't really mean to say, they don't want an answer. They're just saying hello. Like people say, praise the Lord. No, you just, you just say hello. Years ago, I told you, years ago, I was, I was young and zealous for Jesus, on fire, fire baptized, all that. Still fire baptized. You know, didn't lose it. But I was in a meeting and somebody said, praise the Lord. I said, well, hallelujah, glory to God. I said, what are you doing? You said praise the Lord. I didn't know. That was a whole new group for me. They don't, they don't mean praise. They mean just hello. But for me, you say praise the Lord. Do you mean praise him? So the point is, we have all this stuff going on around us. 
And but just understand, sometimes people don't really mean what they said. Because if you respond to what they said, you're going to find out. I didn't mean I don't want to hear all that. How are you doing? How much? Oh, oh, my God. You really? That happened? This happened? The other happened? All right. You got it. But in kingdom leverage, we are willing to listen, willing to hear. And if we don't have a time, we say, hey, can I get back to you? I got to go to work. You know, I got to go. So we just but we care about people. We care deeply. We don't need to put any fronts on, use any phrases, no catchphrases, nothing. We just we just love people as they are, where they are. Amen. All right. Now, another thing about kingdom leverage. Third point is this. What can I do to make another's life easier and more full of purpose. Now we mentioned that we had on yesterday the mental health and wellness seminar with Commission Nunley. Um, and it was remarkable in many ways because for me, principally, she's a kingdom woman with expertise in clinical counseling. And so she was able to show how the kingdom leverage can work in a profession. Okay, where in a secular world, God's never mentioned. Now, she doesn't preach at people. It's not what she does. She knows better than that. She's licensed. But she understands that that there is a way to exercise kingdom leverage in wherever you work. Amen. I mean, all of us do that. I mean, there's Nurse Ingram. She she's in she's in a school and she's she's a registered nurse and she's doing nursing services for children uh, and probably teachers, too. But the point is, she, she loves God, too. And there's stuff beyond her ability, beyond her scope, you know, in terms of just energy. But, but God gives her grace and gives her leverage to do things. We'll uh, go into that more uh, in detail. That's a major point I make in this message today. All right, we finish up review here. Now, Acts chapter 3 is a great example of kingdom leverage. You know, Apostle Peter was the one that Jesus called as a fisherman. He was out there fishing one night, he and another, and they, they were fishing all night, caught nothing. They came back, empty boats, empty nets. And Jesus said, go back out there and let your nets down for a catch. And Jesus, or Peter's reaction on the inside was probably, hold on, Jesus, we've been fishing all night. We are professional fishermen. Professional. Say professional. All right. If there was fish out there, we'd have brought some back. It's what we do for a living. He didn't say all that. What Peter said was, well, he complained a bit. Then he said, nevertheless, let's at your word, we'll go back out. In other words, it's on you. All right, Jesus, if, it's on, if this don't work, it's on you, okay? But at least he went back out and did it. When he went back, went back out there, listen, with the word that Jesus gave him, that became his leverage. He was a professional fisherman, but needed kingdom leverage. Needed Jesus' help. And when he went out there, they caught so much fish, he called companions over. Nets broke, boats filled up. They brought the boats to land, the Bible says, and they forsook all and followed him. That is, they left the, the, the profession. And my thought is, too, that they call it, because Mrs. Mrs. Peter need money. 
and the kids need shoes. It ain't mad somebody. But he made enough money with that haul of fish to take care of home life. That's just my theory, amen. He caught enough to be able to leave and go follow Jesus. All right. But then we see that the text goes on and says, I'm going to read this part to you. It's down on the screen. That was all last week. Um, it goes on, and we read in verse 7, it says, uh, well, read the first, let me read verse 6, okay? I'm back to Acts now. So the background was Peter learned to trust Jesus as a fisherman. Now we come ahead to Acts 3, and he encounters this man by the gate at the temple who's lame, disabled. And Peter said, here it is, verse 6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did Peter have? The power of God. He had received an import of the ministry of Jesus, Holy Spirit, power of God, that began on the day he caught no fish but followed Jesus. And Jesus poured his, himself into Peter. And now Peter was the same man on this day could say to somebody who didn't have what he needed. I don't have money right now, but what I do have, I give you export. Say import, import. export. You cannot give what you don't have. And the Bible says, going on verse 7, I read this part. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. That's the power of God. And so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Wow, the export became an export. You get it? That what Peter gave the man, the man manifested in his own healing, but then began to praise God in front of everyone who saw that same man earlier disabled by the gate. And that's seen him probably every day, every day they're begging. So this is what this is what this is what God does, kingdom does, and leverage, kingdom leverage does all this. So then finally, we'll say this. Grace is kingdom leverage. Say that. Say grace is kingdom leverage. That's, uh, again, we read in 2 Corinthians, he makes all grace abound. Second, love is kingdom leverage. Say that. Say love is kingdom leverage. Paul said in Colossians 3.14, above all these things, put on love. Love gives you power and the will to do things. And then thirdly, God's church is kingdom leverage. Say, God's church is kingdom leverage or the body of Christ. And Ephesians 4 tells us that from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the working of every part doing its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So there, we are, uh, there it is, kingdom Leverage, grace, love, and God's church. All right, new scripture for today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We covered this in our series, devotional series in February. Um, touched on it. Your kingdom come, Jesus said, Matthew 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Say that. Say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, many of us like to also say that the King James Version says in earth. And it's not a, a big deal, but the, I like the idea that we are earthen vessels, the Bible says. So God's will being done in earth, in me, starts in me first. So whatever happens on the earth need to first happen in the believers, right? But both are obviously true, and God wants his will done everywhere. But for us, his will must begin being done in us. You believe that? All right. So then... In, in that whole teaching we call the Lord's Prayer, that's a misstatement. It is the disciples' prayer. It's the prayer he taught them to pray. We say Lord's Prayer. Again, we have phrases for things that aren't accurate. It's not wrong, but that was not the Lord's Prayer. It was, it was the disciples' prayer. But here's the point I'll make to you. What Jesus instructed his disciples to pray was not a wish. It was a method for getting things done in a way that glorifies God. It was not a wish. When he said, your kingdom come, it will be done. It was not a wish. We wish one day, we hope one day that his, his kingdom will come, his will will be done. That's, not, that's a wish. This was a method. And he's telling us that when the kingdom comes to those who receive, who believe, who trust, who follow God, God's will it's going to be done. It's a method. So kingdom come, God's will done. And if you wonder and question, Lord, am I in your will? Let me ask you this question. Do you live for the kingdom? Are you a kingdom man, a kingdom woman? Do you do what Jesus said? Seek first the kingdom. So the will of God is going to come. It's a method. The will of God will come to those who seek the kingdom. Amen. All right. You got that? Okay, I know you do. That's a rhetorical question. Now, here's some points to make in light of, again, this leverage we need, kingdom leverage. All right, we live, in, we live within systems of our society. Education systems, political systems, financial systems. We know about that. We, we, we live in these systems, all right? But we also, we are also citizens of God's kingdom. Now, I want to finish the point about with with. Commission Nunley, I made it also, but if you notice, you, you, her example was really good because here's somebody in the system of being a licensed mental health counselor, a professional, like many of you are in your professions, living in the systems of the world, but also citizens of the kingdom of God. Dual citizenship, if you will. Our nation, God's kingdom. All right, now here's the third point here, very important. So then we have advantages that are not available to civil kingdoms. So when any other nurse that doesn't know Jesus in the school system gets stuck, you know, they all have resources. But Joyce L. Ingram, Nurse Ingram, can also pray and ask God for help. I think even uh, yesterday, Kamish said she noticed that she was counseling people and they come back six months later with the same problems all over again. And God told her that, why am I not in the room with you during counseling? I'm not, I'm not in the, I want to be in there with you. Because she was doing the whole secular thing. Totally. Now, she's not 
I'm not, I'm not, she's not doing anything wrong in ethical. I'm saying that kingdom people find a way to bring kingdom leverage into the systems that you're dealing with. Amen, somebody? Yeah. I mean, here's, you know, Sean's respiratory therapist. I mean, I don't want nobody listening. First of all, I don't want to go to no nurse. The first thing you do is talking about, well, let's open the scripture up and pray. Do that at home. By the time you see me, practice, practice your profession on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you praying over me. I got a pastor for that. <laughs> but we understand this. I want to emphasize it because kingdom leverage is that we, we're in the systems of this world. We're also citizens of God's kingdom, and we have advantages. We have advantages not available to civil kingdoms. All right. Now, that leverage includes, uh, Paul wrote in Romans 14, 17, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It said that the kingdom of God is, Paul said, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Say, I have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, what that got to do with my job? Oh, everything. Ask Nicole Kelly. You know, she's dealing with children uh, at a school where children don't want to be sometimes, you know. And, 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 uh, but you need some righteousness, peace, and joy up in there. You need that. I mean, in other words, you can, if they don't have it, you better have some. <laughs> if the folk around you don't have any, you better have some in you. Like one preacher said years ago, I, I hold on to it. He says, if I go somewhere and the presence of God's not there, I bring it. I bring the presence there. I bring the presence. I bring the presence. Because God's with me. He said he'd be with me always, right? I, was like, I don't sense God here. Are you there? What are you talking about? You need to have, I mean, don't wait for people to manifest anything of God. Maybe God put you there because you are the light. You're the light to that person. You're the salt. You're the one supposed to, to bring something better. That's kingdom leverage. So we, we think about importing. We go to conferences and meetings and read books and podcasts and, and worship in church and all that's great. But then what do you do when you leave church? Finish the book. Leave the conference. You need to export out what God has put in. Make sense? All right. Now, this is good to watch this. So the kingdom of God is the alternative to the kingdom of this world. Now, the kingdom, a kingdom, a kingdom, by the way, a kingdom is a the domain or realm of a king. There are a lot of kingdoms, not just God's kingdom. Uh, some nations call themselves kingdoms, the whole nation, like kingdom of, uh, I forget one to come to mind, but there are kingdoms that we call nations. But basically, the United States is a kingdom. We don't use the term, but it's, it, we, have, we, we have a domain and we have, we have leaders uh, over us. Amen. Let me say this, kind of, you know, add this in for a perspective. We don't have rulers in America. We elect people. Big difference. That's why America was founded, because they had rulers in England, and the ruler ran everything. The church, too. 
Now, don't, be, don't, be, don't, don't get it twisted. There are folk here who want to be rulers. <laughs> there are folk who want to be rulers. Americans don't have rulers. It's of the people, by the people, for the people. We the people. So remind politicians, and remind people that we don't have rulers here. All right? We don't. Amen. Folk wish sometime they had a ruler, but no, no. Because rulers make it easy for you. Do this, do that. We want rulers in church. Pastor, be my ruler. I mean, no, no. You, you do what's right. What should I do, Pastor? What do you think you should do? <laughs> my mom was good. My mom was good at that, man. I learned from her. She counseled other people. She counseled, talked, and she preached and teach and said, now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so listen to me. If you're helping somebody, they keep asking you what they, what, what should I do? And you keep telling them what they should do? You're on the wrong path. Because you're going to tell them what to do today. They're going to run out of stuff and call you tomorrow. What do I do today? What you ought to do is instruct people, help people, give them resources, and start asking people, what are you going to do? And then help evaluate their responses, see? So, uh, you know, a good counselor, you know, knows that. Commission knows that. I learned that in my program. You have to have counseling has a beginning and an end. You don't counsel like people forever. You give them three weeks, four sessions, five sessions, in and out. Because otherwise, people get stuck on you because some folk want a ruler. Don't give them one. Now, if you're good at first, they need me. They need me. You oh, that's, <laughs> hey, that's going to wear out. They're going to they need you when you try to have dinner, be with your spouse, watch some TV, enjoy, you know what I'm saying? So don't need to be needed. Say, I won't, be, I, I won't need to be needed. So then, back to my list here. So then, first of all, the kingdom of God is the alternative to the kingdom of this world. Second, an alternative simply means there is another way. Say that, say there is another way. And three, we're not limited by the choices this world offers us. This is so important, people of God, because as kingdom people, sometimes, well, without kingdom, we, all we have is the options the world offers. Even people you sometimes try to interact with, they only know the options this world offers. They don't know there's an alternative. So Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. And the kingdom is an alternative. It's another way. It's, it's God's way. All right. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 4. This is my last slide, actually. All right, kingdom leverage can make us. Say, Lord, make me. Now, I don't mean that to say he'll do it against your will. Don't suggest that at all. Whatever God does, he does in cooperation with your will. Now, God may have to help you become willing. I remember, uh, you know, Lester Summerall, when he's called to preach, he's called, you know, had an had a, had a amazing uh, vision of God and all that, but he had a problem. He, he didn't like people. He did not like people, especially strange people. And so he was called to preach, but didn't like people. So God gave him another vision. And the vision he had 
was of people on this path, going down a path and falling off a cliff into an abyss, one after another. And, and God said, this is what happens when you don't love people. You literally encourage them to go over the end, over the, into the abyss, over into hell. And it changed his heart, you know, to begin to see why he was called. All right, not to be their savior, but, but to direct them to the savior. And so I want to suggest that, that, and just say that, you know, I understand that you may not be, you don't feel like you should do, I don't feel equipped for this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Oh, I say that's a great attitude. I mean, the person that worries me is, I got it. I can do it. I'm like, okay, let's show me what you got. And a lot of times people don't, they don't got it. You know, especially when they're young, you know what I'm saying, just running them out. Um, but, but now listen, immaturity, you know what you have. But you don't have to just talk about it, just do it. Watch this, so Matthew 4, 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. This is a, this is a, a corollary story to the one about going back out and catching fish, uh, going back out and catching fish and having a big catch. But this, this is another version of that. But notice it says that, that Jesus called them. His statement was in verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, the, the point he made was you're, you're catching fish. I want you to fish for people, fish for people, fish for men. I will, I will translate that skill and passion you have for, for making that catch. I'll move it over and, and use that same passion to catch people for me. Amen. You know, God does that. Now, he said, I'll make you fishers of men, meaning that they couldn't do it. They were just fishers. They were regular fishermen, nets, stinky fish, all that. But Jesus has the skills, the grace, the leverage to, to, to take us from where we are to where we need to be. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? Yeah. Now, you know, we, we're living in a place now. We, I've been saved, you know, 40, I think 44 years, I think, uh, you know, maybe 45. But I can remember, though, well, my point is, at this point in my life in Christ, I'm, I'm secure. And I've been living so long in the blessing, I don't really remember, no, say different. I don't know the feeling anymore, what it's like to not have stuff. I remember not having, but the feeling is not there. You know what I'm saying? And so, but, but it, does not, it does not make me misunderstand where I came from. And that's why it's important, y'all, to stay connected to people at all levels of life. You got to serve some people who are in desperate need to remind you of where you would be without kingdom leverage. Amen? I mean, not to use it for that, I mean, but, to, but, but be reminded and that's why, you know, if we only if we only live and among ourselves and hang out with ourselves, you know, we <laughs> it's a word now called bougie. You know what I'm saying? You become bougie. You know what I'm saying? That's a funny word. You can't be around nobody. You know, don't have a little bit. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Kingdom leverage 
is only useful. Well, it's useful everywhere, but especially among people who God wants to raise up. And he will make you a fisher of men. That make us is leverage. I'll use my grace, my love, my kingdom, my church. I'll use all my resources to bring you up to a higher place. You believe this? Give God some praise. Amen. I'm done. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for your grace.